0: 5 and 1, Ephesians 5 and 1, I'm going to do a little bit of review from um, last couple of weeks, and um, in Galatians 5 and 6, we see, in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And of course, circumcision is talking about the, the outward markings of the old covenant things that um, those who were biological descendants of Abraham um, did in obedience to God. But it's a new day now. We're in a new covenant. And he says that in Christ Jesus, it's, it's not about um, the outward expression only. It's about the inward work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and then how that work is expressed um, from within us, through us, as opposed to something from the outside of us marking us. Okay? And then he gives us this truth that the faith that we have um, works, worketh, New King James, by love. Faith which worketh by love. We've said that word worketh is the Greek word energio, and it literally means it, it's energized by love. And literally, it's not stretching this to fit. It means that that love is what fuels the faith that God has given to you. The measure of faith that he's given to us is fueled by love. Now, in Mark 11, where Jesus says, have faith in God, the literal translation of that is have the God kind of faith. Well, if we're going to have the God kind of faith, and and faith is fueled by love, then we need the God kind of love to fuel the God kind of faith in our lives. Remember, your faith will never be more productive than the love that energizes it. We need the God kind of love to go along with our God kind of faith. Amen. Now, let's look at the verses that you're at. And... um, are they changing on the amen a little slow in response here but amen that may stay there if I can't get this to work but I got my notes and so we're going to keep going here Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love you never begin a sentence with the word and Um, it's obviously a connecting word and when he says and walk in love verse 2 the clear connection is verse 1 where we're instructed to be imitators of God as dear children and as one who is imitating God as a dear child of God in the earth he says and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us So notice he doesn't just say walk in love when the verse ends, he gives us a clarifying statement on what kind of love we're to walk in, and that is um, we're to walk in love using Christ as an example, his love for us as an example of how we should love other people. He offered and sacrificed himself to God on behalf of others. Now in case you aren't clear on what this verse means, verse 1, I want to... show it to you, read it to you in uh, the Amplified version. So Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1 in the Amplified, he says, Therefore be imitators of God. Listen very carefully to this now. Be imitators of God. Copy Him and follow His example. Copy Him and follow His example as well-beloved children imitate their Father. Man, it just kind of... Zeroes in on it, doesn't it? So some of the verses that we've looked at and, and Matthew 5, uh, specifically the last few weeks, verse 45 and verse 48, where Jesus, after telling us you know, to, to turn the other cheek, to bless those who curse us, to pray for those who spitefully use us, to um, do good to those who don't necessarily do good to you or have the capacity to do good back to you, to speak to those who don't speak to you, um, to, to level up your love uh, above and beyond what is common among all people and set a higher standard of love for yourself. In those two verses, verse, 40, verse 45, he says that, You may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So now notice, this is, this is the disposition of our Father. This is, this is how our, our Father loves. And when He says, you'll be sons of your Father in Heaven, He says, you'll have the same disposition of love as our Father in Heaven when we love people who don't love us, when we're good to people who aren't good to us, when we pray for people um, who spitefully use us. Okay. Do you see the connection, I think it's a pretty obvious one, between Matthew 5, 45 And uh, Ephesians 5 and 1, imitator of God, copy him, um, follow his example. What's the example? Well, according to Jesus, the example is that Father God loves the just and the unjust. That Father God is good to people who aren't good to him. He helps people who don't even acknowledge him. And if we're going to be chips off of that love block, so to speak, that we need to develop this same kind of love in our lives as well one more time from the amplified therefore be imitators of God copy him and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their father now this is one of the key reasons why God created us in his image and in his likeness to look like he looks and to function the way he functions is so that we could um, copy him and follow his example and bear his image of love in this created realm now, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John the 4th chapter and the 17th verse, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, amen. And here we see, and there's, I mean, we could do a two-month-long study of 1 John Um, and not cover it all it's just it's rich if you haven't read first john lately i would recommend you um doing so but in first john 4 and 17 he says love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is capital h speaking of jesus as jesus is so are we in this world there is no fear in love But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, one of the things that I really like to help God's people do is connect certain verses and certain truths and certain themes of the Bible together, and I think there are some pretty obvious connections here between the verses that that we've looked at already. Let's... Let's talk about as he is, so are we in this world as it relates to um, love being perfected among us. We'll come back to what it means to have love perfected among us, okay? Um, That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. This goes back to being created in the image and likeness of God. This goes back to having been born of the same spirit, having been born of the same incorruptible seed of the word of God having been made to sit together with Jesus in the heavenly places. So we're bridging that gap between worlds. We're connected with heaven and we're connected with the earth at the same time. All of these are very important truths for us to understand. And, of course, all confirmed by that phrase, because as he is, so are we in this world. But that's not necessarily the thoughts or the verses that I'm wanting uh, to uh, connect tonight. So while you're sitting there looking at, because as He is, so are we in this world, let me go back to the New King James Version of Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, I'm, listen to me. You guys have heard me teach on this. We've been teaching on this in discipleship class on Wednesdays. I'm not trying to wiggle out of what the Bible's saying here. As he is, so are we in this world. We've been given the same love. We've been given the same glory. We've been given his name. We've been given his word. We've been given his spirit. We've been uh, sent into the world by Father God as Jesus was sent into the world. On and on and on. All of that obviously is connected and related back into this. But listen to me. If we don't love like he loves, it's all for naught. Because we've been given this place, this position um, of dominion and authority, been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven, been given access to the heavenly realm, that as those perfectly trained in the kingdom can put our hands on anything in that kingdom that anything anything in that kingdom that anybody needs anytime they need it, Matthew thirteen fifty two, all of that is is obviously related here, but if we Don't learn how to walk as God, as dear children, copying him, following his example, and then walking in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering in a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling aroma. In other words, what is he saying? He's saying, in the same way that Jesus was my agent, remember, Jesus went about, what, doing good, destroying the works of the devil. Somebody say amen to that. We've been empowered to go about and do good and destroy the works of the devil. That's the same authority and the same, we do it by faith, yes. But faith fueled by what? By love. John Mark and his fiancee Gina, they bought me for my birthday um, Rick Renner's biography on audiobook. I think I mentioned this to somebody, I don't know if I said it here or what, but it's, it's almost 39 hours long. So I've been listening to this thing since January, and um, I thought I knew this man. Me? I, 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 um, I, I thought I, I, knew him, but I'm just, I'm just telling you straight up, man. What, what the Lord is, um, is doing. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in his life and has done. In his life, and there was some reason why I brought him up. And I just to be as honest with you as I can be, it's it's escaped me right now. Um, that's okay, <laughs> amen. I just got to, it's like when I said his name, I'm thinking about man, I didn't know it. He's seen the Lord Jesus twice, I didn't know it either. Yeah, I've seen him twice. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's it's, uh, it's a uh, it's a very uh, fascinating story. And the Lord will remind me if I if I needed to say why, um. Amen, that I was bringing this up, because as He is, so are we in this world. That's what I was talking about. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So the first time, I did need to say this. I've never heard this. I've never heard this. He said the first time the Lord um, appeared to him, he, was in a, he and his wife and their firstborn baby, they were um, in a friend's house. They had been ministering in that city, and they were staying with friends. And he couldn't sleep, and he went to his friend's office in the middle of the night, like 2 in the morning, I think and just was praying and seeking the Lord about some different things and what he needed to do. And he said it, it's like he everything around him disappeared and he was in the realm of the Spirit. He said he believes in that moment that if somebody had walked in that room, they would have seen him, but he would have not seen them. And he said way off there was a light, and, and the light kept coming closer to him, and the closer he got he realized it was the Lord Jesus who was walking towards him. He took his hands, he said he put my hands between his hands and made a, made a sandwich and began to talk to him about his future and his ministry. If you don't know who Rick Renner is, he went to the USSR um, in the 90s. God sent him there. <laughs> and, of course, what he's doing in that country for the kingdom is um, history-making. But this is what the Lord told him. He said, Rick, I'm going to give you an anointing of love and hate. And he said, Lord, I've I've never heard of an anointing of love and hate. I I, I don't understand. I I understand an anointing of love, but I do not understand an anointing of hate. He said, Lord, just said it to him again. I'm giving to you an anointing. I think he said a supernatural, anyway, an anointing of love and hate. And he said, well, Father, I, I, you know, Jesus, I received that, but I, I don't understand what you mean. He said, a love for people combined with a hatred of what the devil has done in their lives. He said, an anointing of love and hate equals compassion. He said, compassion is not just loving people. Compassion is loving people combined with a hatred for what the devil has done in their lives. See, this is why Jesus went about doing good, destroying the works of the devil. And notice how many times the Bible says he was, before those events would happen, that Jesus was moved with compassion. That compassion, according to what Jesus told Rick Renner, and I, man, it bore witness with my spirit because. I'm not trying to say I've seen the Lord Jesus or anything like that, but I mean I have a love for people and right alongside that I have an absolute hatred for what the devil has done and is trying to do in their lives. Doesn't have to be that way. Does not have to be that way. Don't accept something the devil's trying to do in your life as something that has to be that way. Does not have to be that way. Jesus paid the ultimate price. So, notice he's saying that we imitate God the Father and walk in love according to Jesus' example, according to the love that he has shown. and, And how about Romans 5? It's a beautiful word. Demonstrated. Jesus demonstrated. You think, how in the world could I ever follow God and copy him uh, and his example of love. Jesus demonstrated the love of the Father for us. Now, as he is, so are we in this world. Obviously, there's all kinds of connections to that. But as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Jesus was, This is why Jesus obviously is, is the light of the world. But do you know Jesus, the light of the world, said you're the light of the world? Are you seeing this, right? So Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil. You've been sent. As he is, so are we in this world. We've been sent now to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom, the good news of, of Father's kingdom come to earth. We've now been told to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. As he is, so are we in this world. But it comes back to love. Love has got to be the motivating factor. This is what um, uh, the Apostle Paul talked about, that his understanding of God's love for him translated into God's love for everyone because if Jesus died for him, and, he, and if he died for one, he died for all, so that all might live unto him. He, Paul said that that it was an understanding of, of the great love of God for him and and how that then translated into his love for others paul said that it constrained him it constrained him what does that mean it means it left him no other choice but to do what he did he didn't do it out of some religious obligation he didn't do it out of uh, you know trying to outdo the wrong that he had done with the good you know and somehow balance the scales and make himself right none of that what motivated him to do and sacrifice uh, in the way that he did and sacrificed um, for the uh, people to hear uh, the, the you know the message of salvation, it was love it was love as as Jesus loved and sacrificed, we see that he loved and sacrificed now, praise God <clears throat> so love has been perfected among us in this we've said that- perf- perfected love means well-rounded love love that has come full circle that um, there's there's no gaps or are or, or missing uh, aspects of it and and this is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 5 if you just love people who love you that's good but that's not well-rounded love that's that's not love that's come full circle that's not Mature, fully developed love. But now, notice what he says here. This is so important. He says that that love perfected among us. Okay. Now, in 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 biblical study, pronouns like you mean you as an individual, but also you as as we would say in the south, y'all, right? Or if you're from the north, you skies okay so in in, other words he he's talking to you and me as individuals but then he's also talking to us collectively so when he says to the church at Galatia you okay he's talking about the whole congregation about the whole body of believers for that matter the whole body of Christ are you with me my my uh, precious grandmother who's in heaven now she was part of this church from the very beginning and and, you know, she would say things like this to my mother. She would say, well, let the church do that. Well, you know, somebody, you know, needs some food in their family. Somebody have, you know, somebody pass their family. And need fix. She'd say, let the church do that. And so finally one day my mom just looked at her and she said, Mother, who do you think the church is? It's us, right? In other words, if 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 we as individuals are not loving people as Jesus loves people, then we as a collective group are certainly not loving Jesus as Jesus loved people. And I think sometimes that that gets lost on a lot of folks. You know, we talk about all these crowd psychology and and, and the crowd mindset and, and these kinds of things and this is an aspect of it in other words it's this idea that you know in a group of people you know this size somebody's got to be doing these things which means we're all doing them and if we're not careful very few or nobody's doing them right as he is so are we in this world so, love has been perfected among us that 's us as in you as an individual, but love cannot be perfected among us as a collected whole as the, as the local body of believers if, if it 's not being perfected in us as individuals see it 's a powerful thing that 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 one person you know is is living life on a level of perfected love, but man, when you get multiple people working together. On that level of completed love, you're talking about changing the world. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I have taken a lot of swings at this verse over the years, and and I've you know I've hit some singles, I've hit some doubles, I may have even hit one of the fence every now and then, but I've never you know I just you know the, the wisdom of God's multifaceted. But I think in a lot of ways I've missed. You know, looking for the compli- complicated answer, I've missed the simple answer. How many of you know that that boldness, this word boldness um, could be understood confidence? It could also, and it literally translated, it means free to speak. To speak freely. Confidently. Boldly. On the day you stand before the Lord to be judged, boldness on the day of judgment. Now think about that for a minute. Um, when there's a, a big test, there tends to be some nerves you know I don't know if you've taken any big tests in your life, you know, some that come to mind, ACT, you know, some of those college entrance exams, things of that nature you know. And some folks have test anxiety. In other words, they get so nervous when they take the test, they know the material, but they, they can't get outside of their own head, and, and so they don't do well on the test. Or, you know, um, <laughs> back in the day, uh, you know, Pastor Bill, of course, he's retired now from the foundry, but, you know, part of what he loved to do is pastor the staff. And so, you know, he would call or send a text, and, um, and he would say, Hey, you know, can you meet me in my office at 2 or whatever, you know? And, um, you know, I work with, serve the counselors there at the foundry, and, you know, they'd, be, they'd start calling me. Why does Pastor Bill want to see me? You know, words, see, again, they're thinking they're in trouble. See, we're getting called into the big man's office now. What have we done wrong? No, he was wanting to bless them, pray for them, maybe give them a raise or a bonus. It wasn't about them being reprimanded. You see what I'm saying? But notice now, the day of judgment has come. And all of a sudden, we're starting to get anxious about it. Right? I don't know of anything I've done, Pastor Mark. Do you, do you know of anything? Do you know what he's calling me? I was like, relax, dude. You know, relax, sister. You, amen. So, now, I want you to imagine for a moment, and I don't don't know how this is all going to work. God's a big God, okay? But if I could speak to you, as Paul would say, as a man for a moment, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're in line, and there's seven people in front of you, and you're fixing, it's your moment, you're fixing to stand before Jesus to be judged. And you are confident. You are speaking freely. You are not afraid. You're not afraid of being punished. You're not afraid of being embarrassed. You're not afraid of of, of being whatever. Now, listen to me. Listen to me, please. You you can disagree with this if you want to, but there's there's not a person in this room that couldn't do more, right? Let me say it another way. That couldn't have already done more with the time that we've had, okay? Okay? And, you know, we don't want to continue to repeat that same process, but come on now, you hear what I'm saying? So you think, well, how in the world? I mean, it seems like, how could you, you know, like, um, you know, Pastor Mark, I get nervous when my boss calls me in for an annual, uh, uh, you know, evaluation. So how in the world could you ever have boldness on the day of judgment? This is the power of perfected love. Now, watch this. Watch perfected love. What does that mean? How is it... Somebody, we've covered this. Um, What measure or what standard will Jesus use to judge us? The measure or the standard that we've used to judge other people. So if you've been living a life of perfected love... I'm on, I'm on, Again, I'm speaking to you as a man. I'm trying to put this in terms so that you can really relate to it, and connect with it. If if you are living a life of perfected love, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Why is that? That means because you, you've been showing extreme mercy to people. You 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 have been extending mercy. So again, there's not a person that's going to stand before Jesus one day before Jesus one day that couldn't have done more. So how could you have confidence, speak freely? I think speaking freely is going to be something like, man, Jesus, I have been waiting for this moment to finally see you, my beautiful Savior, as opposed to like, I'm so sorry, Lord. I know I failed you so many times. I know I was lousy. I know that I should have done more. I know that I shouldn't have slipped in. I, You know, you now no, see that? That, uh-uh. Yeah, there are going to be some people in line. They're like, "Here, you go ahead of me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on my wife. I think she's back there in the in the. She's somewhere back there looking for the macaroni and cheese. You can go ahead of me, like we're in the checkout line or something. You know? No, no, see, wait, no, and ain't, I'm ain't anxious about it. It's because we have confidence. Not that we've done everything right every time as much as we could, never committed a sin of omission or commission, right? There's sins that you commit, then there's things you... The Bible says if you know to do right and don't do it, then it's sin to you, okay? So how how could we, you know... Notice it doesn't say um, that um, because you're perfect, you'll have boldness on the day of judgment. Because you're with... You know, he says, because love has been perfected among you, you have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. That's literally fear of punishment, fear of reprimand, fear of being called on the carpet. But perfect love, there it is again. What does it do? It removes all of that. It removes the fear of punishment. It removes the fear of, of, of being ashamed. It removes the, the, the thought of being, being called out and embarrassed in front of your peers. Fear involves torment, punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Wow. Has not been made perfect in love. So, again, perfected love means complete or full circle love. Mercy does what? Mercy is what helps make our love well rounded. Now, I've carried this with me to the pulpit for a few Wednesdays in a row, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish here tonight, okay? With this part, but let me let me just say that I am becoming a better finisher. Okay. That's one of the things the Lord's been dealing with me about this year is I've got a lot of really good projects started, but there's some things that i got to finish. Amen. There's some things I've got to finish. And that's one of the things that the Lord's really been showing me in Rick Renner's uh, story is that there were things that the Lord told him to do that, that he did that he had no idea what the completion of that assignment was going to lead to, what door that was going to open and then what that next door and that next door was was going to open for him. But as it pertains to your life, my life, individuals, here, here's some of the questions. Just conversation, the Lord and I was having is, it, is are you a good finisher? Or to say that another way, do you finish what you start? And I don't know about you, but I think I know about you because I know about me, okay? The deeper we get into a project, the excitement and the emotions tend to fade. The fun parts have been completed some time ago. And maybe we underestimated how long it would take and how hard some of the project would be. And if we're not careful, our best intentions will give in to resistance and we'll quit before finishing. It takes commitment and endurance to finish. It takes character to finish what we start and finishing what we start builds character. This is why so many people only go so far in the things of God is they don't don't push through when it becomes as we've been learning on Sundays it becomes agape it becomes commitment and devotion now if you're like me and you have an unfinished project more than likely the hard part is what's left the part you don't enjoy the part you don't feel good at or qualified for and a lot of times it's the details that cause a project to remain unfinished. Have you ever heard of something called a punch list? Punch list is when you you know big big project and and um, man you're just really close to what we call shipping it. I mean it's it's ready to go it's just we got this and that so the punch list is when, you know, you go through and you make a list of everything that has to be done in order for the thing to be finished. Punch list. Okay. See, the things that make it onto a punch list are little nitpicking things that, again, it's not the low-hanging fruit. It's not the part that you really enjoy. See, let me give you an example. In cabinets, I enjoy building cabinets. I enjoy installing cabinets. I did not enjoy finishing cabinets. When I say finish, now I don't mean finish the project. I mean painting them or, or staining them or whatever. Duh. Goodness gracious. I, that was so, I mean, you know, I just, build, I just build stacks of cabinets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, one of the best jobs that I, ever had paid me the most money, enjoyed it the most, biggest job. It's like a I forget, is $40,000 just for the what they call the casework, meaning what? Boxes and doors, no finish. I'm like, how many of these jobs can we get? Right? That was a part I didn't like. I, I didn't enjoy that. So we tend to The part that we enjoy, man, we get in there, we do that, and then we just kind of, if we're not careful, you know, we just push this aside and go back and start something else that we enjoy and leaving the one unfinished. So, what does this have to do with what we're talking about tonight, Pastor Mark? So, here's the question If you were to make a punch list of what still needs to be done to perfect love in your life, what would be on the list? What areas of loving other people are you good at? So that's kind of what Jesus was saying. He's like, look, you know, man, you, you speak to people who speak to you. You know, you're good to people who are good to you. You know, you, you love people who love you back, you know. That, that, that's not a bad thing. But see, those, those are the parts of loving other people that we're good at. What areas of loving others do you still need to work on? See, this is, this is how we get to the to the perfected love, the well-rounded love, the fully developed love, the mature love. Just keep looking straight ahead, okay? Don't raise your hand. But how about forgiving others? How, how, how are you at that? Alongside that would be extending mercy. How about. Think about this now. This is part of love. You may not think about it. How how about you being patient with other people? I kind of got got tickled at myself with the Lord because there's a part of this whole merciful heart thing that I hadn't got to yet. And we're going to get to it soon, maybe next week. I don't know. I'm not, I, I say I'm not deliberately putting it off. Maybe I am, okay, because this is the one, to be honest with you, that's the hardest for me. Are you ready? Are you ready? The hardest one for me and not judging other people is judging people who preach wrong doctrine. Oh my goodness gracious, that. Like I want to holler at the television, put down the Bible and back away from the pulpit before anybody else gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. And I can get myself so worked up and angry and and you know the Bible says to not do that. Yeah. To not do that. It's still judging. Still pointing out somebody else's flaw or error. Forming a wrong, negative opinion. That's not the hate anointing. Amen. But if I'm not careful, that hate anointing will turn into a slander anointing. <laughs> Listen, if you was to go into the archives of some of them cassette tapes back there, you know, I anyway, in some of my early days, I'm not proud of all that, but man, I would get, I'd get in the pulpit and get irritated at something somebody said. And phew, Anyway, but I've, I outgrew that quickly. The Lord corrected me swiftly on that. So patience with other people. Listen, not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody's had the opportunities you've had. Not everybody you know, and, and it's, it's not the wrath of man that produces the righteousness of God. It's the, it's the goodness of God that draws a man to repentance. It's when we're patient with people and we, and we love people, even when they're wrong. Aren't you glad Jesus loved us when we were wrong? Aren't you glad that I didn't have to have perfect doctrine for the Lord let me preach from his word? How about selfishness, man? That, see, we don't think of that maybe necessarily as being a part of love, but man, selfishness is the enemy of all loving expression. That's why the devil works so hard for us to be focused on ourselves. Alongside selfishness is, you know, a part of fully developed, well-rounded love is what the Bible teaches us about preferring other people. Preferring other people. When's the last time you've let somebody else go first? When's the last time you've let somebody else have the last piece of cornbread? When's the last time you've let a coworker have the best story? They, they tell you a story about their grandson. See, Pastor Mark's not careful. Oh, you want to talk about grandsons? I got some grandson stories now. You know I'm gonna tell you one, right? He's three just turned three years old. He used conundrum in a sentence. I'm like, what did he just say? I said, Oliver, what is a conundrum? He looked at me like, that look on his face like, you mean you don't know granddad? He's a granddaddy. A conundrum is a really big problem. When's the last time you've, let's see, again, when's the last time you've let a co-worker have the best story? You, f- you feel what I'm saying? Preferring others. Maybe, again, I'm telling you, just look straight ahead, right? You do realize that there's still a whole lot of racism in the church listen that is that is imperfect love that is that is love that is falling way way short you realize all the people jesus loved man he loved his own people he loved uh other races of people he loved um prostitutes demon possessed people i mean it See that's again. That's how Jesus loved, and that's the example that we follow, right? Connected with racism is is prejudice. Now, prejudice and racism can can be used interchangeably, but prejudice is a bigger umbrella than racism. Racism would fall under um, prejudice. Prejudice in general is when you prejudge somebody based upon how they look based upon how much money they have based upon the color of their skin their ethnicity what have you that's prejudice when you prejudge underneath that same umbrella of prejudge is what the holy spirit through the apostle james called partiality it, it, it's when you do for one person something you wouldn't do for somebody else you 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 give somebody else a, a place of prominence based upon amen, I based upon you know, what you think they might could, it's favoritism. You show favoritism to somebody based upon what kickback, you know, you may receive. See, so again, this is, this is prejudice, you prejudge. I shared some personal things with you last week, and I told you that the, it, it, it was the folks that you would think, you know, wealthy, rich folks, those were the ones that gave me the most problem, you know, not paying, refusing to pay, this kind of thing. Never had a working family or something like that, you know. But there's this tendency, and thank God, never has been that way here at Heritage. Never will be, but in Jesus' name, with the Lord's help. But you know, there there are churches that if 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 you got a lot of money, then you 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 get preferential treatment. You you know, you get the pastor's cell phone number. You get the whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody give. I don't know how many people the foundry. I gave myself on number two this week. Amen. I'm not. That's not who I am, right? You know, some churches have a big, you know, bodyguard standing outside the pastor's door, but certain people, you know, see that's that's partiality, prejudice. Let me read. Um, I know it's eight o'clock, so let me you get anything out of this tonight? Okay. So, 1 Corinthians 13, we have a much-needed and extensive definition of what love, true love, genuine love really is. And um, for sake of time, I'm just going to go straight to the message translation, and we'll comment, maybe, maybe if the Lord leads us, we'll pick up here next week, but... Um, he, the first thing we, he says about love is that love never gives up. The King James, New King James says it suffers long, okay? But love never gives up. How about this one? We're talking about well rounded love now, perfected love. In the message translation, 1 Corinthians 13 4 says, Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. That's covetousness. That's envy, jealousy, those kinds of things where you, you know. That's not how love operates. That's not what what perfected love looks like. Um, In the King James, New King James, it says love is not puffed up. The message translation says love doesn't strut. doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. (laughs) Just keep looking straight ahead. Love doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. How about this one? Genuine love puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Let me tell you what I pray for every person in this room myself included right is that you have people first of all that you have people in your life who love you like this come on now what a gift right but that we also learn how to become people who love like this it's like our big brother Jesus loves what an example of perfected love that he set for us do you Now, I know you say, well, man, he's Jesus. He never committed a single sin. But do you you think Jesus returned to heaven with his head down? (laughs) No. Can you imagine? I hope that's video that we can watch it one day in heaven. Can you imagine when Jesus separated from his father for three years and then Literally separated from him when he became our sin, went to hell for our sin. Father raised him up. He went in there and poured his blood out on the altar and turned around, and there was his father. Can you? Love, man. It's love. Father, help us be this kind of love to others and Lord, help us find people who love us like you love us in this life, Lord. A lot of folks, Lord, have been wounded in this department. A lot of people have been hurt in relationships, broken relationships, Lord, divorces, marriages, things pertaining to their children, Lord, all kinds of stuff like that. I'm so glad, Jesus, that you're the healer of the brokenhearted. I'm so thankful that that you're faithful to us even when we're not faithful to you because you just love like that. Teach us how to imitate our Father like you imitated Him, Jesus. To walk in that kind of love, that God kind of love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in us. Pouring that love out in our hearts. It's already available. It's already right there on board. Holy Spirit, give us opportunities. Lord, some of us, even before we go to bed tonight, to just love somebody like you would love them. Father, even as we pray, We know Jesus prayed from that deep place of love and compassion. Certainly we pray in faith, but Lord, teach us also how to pray, not just with a God kind of faith, but to also pray and intercede and stand in the gap for other people with a God kind of love. So important, Lord. Help us embrace the importance of these things. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Thank you so much for being here uh, this evening. I pray that you have a blessed rest of your week. Amen. Good things.